You're listening to Advancing Our Church. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend. Welcome, everyone. It's been a couple weeks since we published our last episode. Time has really flown by here. I've been just a little busy with client work and finishing up another semester of the diaconate program. But before we get started, if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, make sure you hit the subscribe button. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on the socials like Twitter at Advanced Podcast or on Facebook or Instagram forward slash Advancing Our Church. Or for a complete listing of all of our shows and our contact information, you can visit our website at www.advancingourchurch.com. It's hard to imagine that I began this show in the spring of 2017 and that next year will mark five years since I dropped my first episode of Advancing Our Church. It's been an incredible journey, and I've had the opportunity to meet some amazing leaders through this show. One of the things that has always been important to me is to maintain consistency in the delivery of our show and to create high-quality programming. And in order to continue to do that in 2022, I've decided to move our show to a bi-weekly format starting next month. This will allow me to develop some great content for you and provide the consistency that you deserve. Now, as I announce this, I'm also aware that sometimes several great guests will fall into my lap all at once, and I don't want to hold them all off for too long. And so expect to see some bonus episodes pop up from time to time, which is why it's so important to stay subscribed to our show so that you receive those notifications. As we drop this episode, it's the week before Christmas, and it is a busy time for all of us. I hope that you have all had a great Advent. I've had a great Advent. I've been sharpening my theological skills by offering a daily reflection on Kristen's crosses, and I've really used that as an opportunity to just learn more about my faith and deepen my understanding of the scriptures. So if you're looking for some new spiritual content, I'll leave a link in the show notes of this episode to our YouTube channel on Kristen's crosses, where my wife and I read the daily prayers at the beginning of each video, I read the gospel and offer a one-minute reflection to start your day. I hope you'll check it out. On behalf of all of us at Changing Our World and the Advancing Our Church podcast, I just want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We're looking forward to a 2022 that is a period of growth and advancing the mission of our church for all. I'm grateful to all of you who tune in and listen to our show. I'm grateful to our wonderful guests who have shared their knowledge and expertise with us. Please know that you will all be in my prayers as we celebrate the birth of Christ this week. Now, let's get to work. In August of this year, the Diocese of Wilmington appointed Miss Sheila McGurl, CFRE, as the new Director of Development for the Diocese. Sheila replaced Miss Deborah Falls, who retired in June after 43 years of service to the diocese. Sheila is a respected leader in the field of philanthropy and mission advancement for nonprofits and businesses. She came to the Diocese of Wilmington from the Central Association of the Miraculous Medal in Philadelphia, a former client of Changing Our World, where she was Senior Director of Institutional Advancement. Prior to that, she served in the Diocese of Camden in New Jersey, another former client of Changing Our World, as Associate Director of Development. She also held positions in the Camden Diocese's Family Life and Youth, Young Adult, and Campus Ministry offices. I first got to know Sheila through our mutual friend Jim Lanahan when she worked for him in Camden. So a big shout out to Jim, who I know is enjoying his retirement. 
This episode was recorded in the Diocese of Wilmington, not on Zoom, which aside from some of the interviews that I conducted at ICSC this year, this is the first one that I've done live since COVID began. It was nice to have lunch and visit with Sheila to talk about her new role and how she'll tackle this new challenge. And so without further ado, here is Sheila McGurl. So Sheila, tell me why Wilmington. What drew you to the Diocese of Wilmington? (laughs) Well, it's close to home. Uh, It's a beautiful diocese. To be honest with you, Jim, I wasn't looking for a new position. I was very content. I came, as you know, from the Miraculous Metal Shrine, working with the Vincentians. But several people sent me this job description, and you know how it is. You get these job descriptions, you send them out to the people you think might be interested. And uh, I think it was Jim Lanahan called me and said, take a look at that job description. These positions only come up, you know, very infrequently. And so um, I called the recruiter and we discussed it. And here I am in the Diocese of Wilmington. I was always happy working in the diocese, you know, as you know, yeah. I come from the Diocese of Camden previously as well. So, mm-hmm. And we both come from a bit of a diocesan background and both of us having worked with Jim Lanahan, kind of our mutual <laughs> connector and, and mentor in some ways. Uh, yeah. So big shout out to Jim. Um, and I know Jim's re- enjoying his retirement because <laughs> I just talked to him last week and he's got, I think he said his life is fuller now than it was even, or busier now than when he worked full time. He's not easy to get a hold of. You I know. know. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. But uh, it was great seeing you down in Orlando uh, for ICS. We had a great dinner. What, uh, what were some of your takeaways from that? Did you enjoy the conference? Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed the conference. And it was good for me to get back to it after a, f- a few years' hiatus, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was four years since my last conference. And so it was nice to get reacquainted with people that do the work that we do and look at the latest and greatest and the best practices that are out there. So, uh, you know, I thought it was wonderful. Um, the You know, I'm sure people out there can imagine that the main topic was how is your fundraising looking and what is it going to look like after COVID? And, you know, we were talking a lot about um, mass attendance and things like that. And so it was nice to get um, in a room with people with those creative minds and hear their ideas and see how we can implement them here. And in your, you've only been here in the Diocese of Wilmington for a short time, right? A few weeks, a couple months? July. July. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. Time flies. <laughs> My first day was the installation yeah. of our new bishop, Bishop Koenig. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So you're new, he's new, kind of a new team set up for great things for stewardship. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. So how do you, uh, having uh, now, what, four, five, six months almost, um, how, how do you think, how does Wilmington compare to some of the other dioceses that you've encountered or what you saw in uh, at ICSC? Well, it's interesting. Um, I don't know why Jim Lanahan is the theme of the day, <laughs> but I remember Jim Lanahan saying to people in meetings, um, you work for one diocese, you've only worked for one diocese. That's right, you know? yeah. Um, every place is different. And so I'm kind of on a listening tour going around visiting parishes and schools and parish councils and volunteers and donors, and I'm certainly finding that to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and each parish as well has its own culture. So um, it's kind of exciting because you're building a stewardship plan and a fundraising plan for a diocese as a whole, but then you take into consideration those little communities and cultures within it so you can develop different stories and different approaches for them. So it's really an exciting, broadened view mm-hmm. um, and planning process. Yeah. I, um, what, what do you, how, do you, how do you tackle a job like this? You, know, you look at the first 90 days. What does what your first 90 days, your first six months look like when you're 
coming on new as a you know brand new development director with a diocese you haven't worked in before, but it's a neighboring diocese, so it's not like you're completely unfamiliar with the area. But mm-hmm. you know, you're you're the new kid on the block. How how are you making yourself at home here? First of all, thanks for referring to me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say, Jim, the first thing I did, I, I have to give a shout out to my predecessor. Deb Foles was here for 42 years. Amazing. So you could imagine the history. So the first thing I did was make sure I had Deb Foles all to myself for a period of time. She did an excellent job of organizing this office and, and handing over all of the information that she had. My next approach was to have one-on-ones with the staff here and my colleagues. So, um, so I was, important. yeah, it really is mm-hmm. open door. Come in, tell me what you liked about the past. Tell me what you didn't like so much. And where do you see the future? I tell you, the people that work here have great insight and great minds for, um, stewardship and fundraising. So that was the first step. And then I, I was so fortunate because I started the first day that the Bishop really started. It was his installation. Our first director's meeting was shortly thereafter. And the new executive director of Catholic Charities, Fritz Jones, said to me, I'm taking the bishop out a couple of days. We have a full day itinerary. You should join us. So, Jim, it was the best because I got to engage a fellow director and the bishop, see the bishop interact with people, and get to know some of our Catholic Charities ministries. So that was a a big part of it. And um, I'll share with you a little takeaway. We're in the car with the bishop. And he's in the front street with a uh, front of seat of the car with Fritz Jones and they're talking baseball and I'm a Mets fan mm-hmm. and so is Bishop Koenig. So it was fun to hear them have that sporty banter back and forth. And then we get to the ministries, you know, and one of the ministries we visited was our Casa San Francisco. It was, uh, it's a ministry to the homeless. It's a shelter mm-hmm. and they also have a food distribution program. And to see the Bishop be able to interact over baseball, and then go in and encounter this ministry that changes people's lives. Mm-hmm. It was just absolutely um, beautiful for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, such a holy man. Yeah. So he's connecting baseball with the faith and right? making those kind of inroads with. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful thing, you know. It, well, it reminds me of um, my former bishop in the Diocese of Allentown, Bishop Barris, who's now in Rockville Center, which is where Bishop Kane came from. It's a small mm-hmm. world, right? Yeah. But um, a Bishop Barris uh, was former Princeton JV basketball player, so he had little uh, Princeton basketball cards made that he would hand out to the kids at the school. Mm-hmm. So on one side was a picture of him back in college doing a layup um, wow. and and uh, and then saying, "For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. And then on the reverse was him in his bishop's garb. So it was just kind of like, this is where I was. This is where God led and me. And so relatable for the people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. wanted one of the bishop's basketball cards. Now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ma- I will mail you one. I've got a little stack at home. Okay, it's recorded. I wait for that to come in the mail. <laughs> but those little relatable ways for a bishop to make connections with the people, you know, mm-hmm. in his diocese is so, so important. And and what the other thing you said that really struck a chord with me also is I, I found great value in just kind of shadowing the bishop at times, just being in the car with him 
or following them around. And whether it's a bishop or the executive director of a nonprofit, it's so important for the development director to be able to speak in the same language and have some of the same responses and hear how the leader of the organization is responding to questions and art- Absolutely. articulating the mission so that when you go back to your office and you're trying to write a letter for him or you're trying to come up with a strategy, it fits his style, right? Exactly, exactly. And so the same is true for the pastors because, as you mm-hmm. know, the pastors really move that culture of philanthropy in the diocese. So that was my next step. I'm currently visiting parishes around the Diocese of Wilmington and meeting with pastors and whoever the pastor wants to bring to the table. In some cases, it was a parish council meeting. You know, in other cases, it was just the most, um, I'd say, in-tuned volunteers to the parish. But mm-hmm. it's it's been extremely eye-opening, mm-hmm. you know, and every pastor has a different personality and culture within his parish. Mm-hmm. So it's good to learn all that and then try to fit it all together to to make for a successful diocesan, you know, uh, venture. <laughs> Absolutely. And and so meaningful for the pastors that you would you take the time to do that, to, mm-hmm. to get to know them. I think they appreciate it more than they even express because, you know, they get letters from the diocese and requests from the diocese all the time, but somebody coming and spending some time with them to understand their their corner of the world, their, you know, their ecosystem, their challenges, their joys, their strengths. I, th- I think it's so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Absolutely. And it lays the groundwork for good working relationships for the appeal. Absolutely. So you're tackling your first appeal this year. How's that going? It's going really well, Um, you know, mostly because we have a new bishop. It's such exciting times, you know. And, um, you know, we're looking at the the theme is going to be the bishop's theme, so it's pretty easy to speak to. It's his voice walking by faith. And so, you know, we're just – Establishing the groundwork for that, uh, as you know, today we have in the other room, we're videotaping um, some interviews for our annual Catholic Appeal video and trying to figure out the themes that will most resonate with people in the in the pews. Mm-hmm. So um, we're well on our way with that. Yeah. And as you know, as you think about um, this is a role that I know you have prepared for because of some of the other roles you've had in the past, which is kind of neat to see you come into this role now and, and take over this position, what what were some of the the things you think that got you ready to take this job as you look at your career? Uh, You know, um, it's funny that the, it's not funny, but (laughs) (laughs) there's a story I tell that kind of um, will give you a glimpse of the journey that I had to get here. And it just so um, reinforces for me that we're on our life's path takes us where we're meant to be, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I came to work in the diocese of Kansas. I'll take you back a little bit, but I'll try to make it a shorter story. No, that's fine. So, um, I graduated high school. I come from Brooklyn and Queens diocese and I graduated high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to school, became a court stenographer. And I thought that was it. I loved courtroom scenes, especially crime dramas. So I couldn't wait to get into that. And I did that for several years Then I became a stay-at-home mom, and about, uh, well, now it's 17 years ago, um, my husband became very, very ill, and he couldn't work. He actually got fired from his job um, for a set of reasons, and then shortly thereafter found out that he had multiple sclerosis. He had a really bad attack. He ended up in the hospital, and at the same time, my son Kieran ended up in the hospital. I had them on two different floors. (laughs) (laughs) Kieran was a fragile diabetic and it just seemed everything came crashing in. Kevin was the main earner for 12 years. I had been a stay at home mom 
So I wasn't, I had no skills. I had rusty court stenography skills, you know. So as many of us do, when we're going through a time of crisis, I turned to church. And I turned to the now vicar general in the Diocese of Camden, Father Robert Hughes was my pastor. And I told him our plight. And I said, I need to get out to work. Kevin can't work. He was in the hospital, gosh, for three or four months um, rehabbing after this episode. And so Father Hughes introduced me to Father Tom Barcelona, and I began working for church in the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. And at the time, I also had a retail job. I started to do telemarketing for fundraising over the phone. And that's how my journey through church started. But working for Youth and Young Adult Ministry, I got to know that beautiful ministry. My children got involved. It really lifted the kids and strengthened their faith. And then I moved on. I needed a full-time position. And so I moved on to the Family Life Respect Life office. And in that office, I was planning retreats for families. Families in crisis would call looking for resources. We would do marriage encounter weekends, and we would um, uh, celebrate the you know anniversary masses. And that was that. So that gave me another perspective, kind of gave me some tools in my arsenal as I was raising a family, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, also during that time, we were expecting our fourth child. Wow. So it was it was pretty exciting times for us um, and full. Like when I look back, I don't see all of the negative. I see where it brought me, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to work in, in the Catholic Star Herald um, selling advertising, believe it or not. Okay. You know? And from when I was in the newspaper, it gave me such a broad view of diocese. And everything that makes the church and the community what it is. And then Jim Lanahan took a liking to me, I like to think. We, we kind of became friends in the workplace. And um, he had an associate director position. Could you imagine? I said, I want to apply for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bishop Sullivan was just coming on. And Bishop Sullivan made the final decision and brought me into development. And from there, I was put on different committees. You know how it goes, Jim. But, you know, I was on the um, family life committee when we were restructuring the office. I was on the, um, we decided to sell our cemetery. So I was on the committee that developed a new ministry, Vitality. But so you can see the progression of my career in church. I really grew an affinity for these ministries. And now I had the opportunity to be in development mm-hmm. and really help those ministries, raise an awareness and raise the money for them, and hopefully intrigue some volunteers along the way that can carry those ministries. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell, but you can see each little step took me to where I really needed to be, and I can really speak to those ministries and how the money is used and, you know, the the impact that it has on people's lives. It's so important to come at this from a sense of mission and ministry. Everything that you've said, I just, uh, and by the way, just congratulations because what a, what a journey, right? And, yeah. uh, and now here you are, um, helping with the revenue side, but understanding the heart of the mission so that you can, can convey that to other people and articulate that. I mean, it's really hard to articulate the mission when you haven't always experienced it, at least in some way. And mm-hmm. you've experienced a lot of different ministries, yeah. at least peripherally or maybe in some of them a much more deeper deeper of a dive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Tremendous. So uh, so what does the next year look like with Bishop Koenig? What are you guys, uh, what, what's, what's on the docket for development and stewardship in your first year? Yeah, exciting times ahead. Yeah. You know, um, I mentioned uh, Fritz Jones, the executive director of Catholic Charities. He is just a vibrant and enthusiastic leader. And I think we're going to be looking at some great things and opportunities with Catholic Charities. So I attended their board meeting the other evening. 
and um, just a great group of people. I can't wait to roll up my sleeves and, and work with them. And Bishop has a great affinity, I imagine, and I know from my conversations with him for Catholic Charities. He has a social worker a degree in, in social work. So that should be interesting to see all that come to fruition. I was also invited to um, attend. I attended the advancement committee of the school board meeting, and I'm uh, on the docket for next month's um, board meeting of the schools. Talk about um, energy for our young people and advancing Catholic education in the Diocese of Wilmington. So that's another initiative we'll be working on. We have a Share in the Spirit campaign that we run every year. That was actually when I came on a few weeks later, I was planning my first appeal, and that's been really successful. We've seen a a nice increase over last year. So I think we're we're telling the stories and people are responding, you know, for Catholic education. And, of course, the annual Catholic appeal. You know what's really exciting, Jim? I don't know how many people out there can say that after COVID, they were able to develop a brand-new ministry Right. Um, and we have a new ministry here in the Diocese of Wilmington. It's called the Footprints Ministry. It was um, developed by the Family Life uh, Office, Family and Marriage Life Office. And it's a ministry that cares for couples and families that have lost a child in early uh, early childhood um, miscarriage and such. And so, um, you know, we're seeing continuous growth in those ministries here in the Diocese of Wilmington. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot on the horizon, a lot of exciting things to happen. I'm using the word exciting too much, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> exciting is good. Exciting is good. So the Diocese of Wilmington pretty much expands throughout all of Delaware. Tell me a little bit about Delaware, the state that you're serving here. It's not just Delaware, Jim. Oh. It's the state of Delaware, uh-huh. and it's nine counties on the eastern shore of Maryland. Okay. So it's an expansive uh, diocese. I'm looking forward to telling that story. In our video, we have uh, drone footage of the um, diocese throughout the state of Delaware into Maryland. It'll be fun to to show that. Yeah. But, you know, it's um, it goes back to that, uh, you know, what I said earlier, um, such a different cultures within the one culture of the diocese of Wilmington and different communities. Um, we have 56 parishes. The pastors are truly engaged. The pastors that I've met so far are just truly engaged and welcoming, and they're not afraid of fundraising, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, yeah, it's good-sized diocese for what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah. It's exciting. Similar to Camden. You know, mm-hmm. Camden had the city down to the shore area, and, um, you know, we always had to find a way to bridge the shore parishes with the things that are going on in the city, so to speak. So same challenges here, but I think we we, um, we plan to really overcome any challenges and um, create that culture of philanthropy. That's excellent. That's excellent. And you say you're, you're very involved with Catholic schools, Catholic charities. Sound like you have, sounds as though the, the office has a, an impact on most of the major ministries that are happening here in the diocese. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also are charged with... Um, Increased offertory. They don't use consultants in the Diocese of Wilmington. We run them out of our office. Okay. So that's exciting. That's what I've been reviewing now, trying to tweak that plan a little bit mm-hmm. and get it out to some parishes. I met with a, a pastor today that's looking forward to that and a couple of other um, stewardship initiatives in the future. Mm-hmm. And we also s- support the schools. I mentioned the Share in the Spirit campaign, but if a school is having a capital campaign or have some fundraising needs, um, I will go out and consult with them and help them lift that piece. And, 
you know, if it's an over million dollar campaign, we recommend some consultants for that. Otherwise, we try to help them here in the office. Sure, sure. Yeah. I always enjoyed going out and doing those kinds of things, you know, just seeing if we mm-hmm. could make an impact, visiting a parish or a school and seeing if we could at least help them tweak something that would bring in some more dollars. But that makes perfect sense. And I tell you, talk about building community. So um, last Tuesday, I was at an event. It was a, a cocktail party for Catholic leaders in Catholic education. So in that one event, I was able to meet presidents of school, principals, teachers, counselors. It was just a wonderful experience. So those kind of community building things are going on here, um, which is very refreshing to see. Saturday, I was at our Bishop's 5K run. And that is to create an the mission for that is to create an awareness of Catholic charities and their ministries, and to raise some money uh, for Catholic charities. But to see the young people from our schools and other schools in the community come together and uh, run that race and meet Bishop Koenig, it was just, you know, it's just beautiful to see those things mm-hmm. going on. Did we get Bishop in the race, or he was he was wishing people. He well. didn't run this time. <laughs> okay, he didn't run this time, but yeah. I, you know, he could. He could. He could accomplish it. Yes, that's awesome. I believe he could. He said I was talking to him a little bit about it. He said right now he's been training in the ellip- elliptical, mm-hmm. and he said it's a little different when you take it on ground like that to run. So he said maybe next year. So we'll see. I'd look forward to that. I, Maybe I should train and do it. <laughs> <laughs> you and I will train don't together. Laugh, don't laugh too loud, Jim. I'm not, no, I mean, I, I'm laughing at myself to even think I'm an elliptical guy myself. <laughs> it's, it's a totally different feeling when the feet touch the ground, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things, you mentioned that the parish increased offertory programs and stewardship. How is stewardship here in the diocese? Is, do they use the language of stewardship, or is it more increased offertory? Or would you get a sense of that yet? Um they're using the word increased offertory, yeah. but the conversations that I've had with the pastors bring that stewardship word out. So I mentioned that I'm kind of tweaking the plan right yeah, now. Sure. I, I think it's important to yeah. keep that stewardship front and foremost theme, you mm-hmm. know? So we'll be working towards that. That's great. And as you look at your office, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, things you can share and things that you're still kind of mulling over, but. How do you how do you see the office growing? Like, are there areas now that you'd like to be doing? You, you can't do now because we all have, you know, many of us have constricted staffing structures and stuff. But hopefully, over time, different services that you'd like to offer to uh, to the diocese that you're not able to do now. Yeah. yeah well, as as you can hear from from what I have shared with you so far, there is a lot going on. Sure. And um, I am the one uh, de- professional development person in the office. I actually have another woman. Um, that works with us. She is the, uh, she works with fund development and public relations for Catholic charities, but it's strictly Catholic charities. So my dream team, (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see more of a major gifts effort going on here. And planned giving is something that we really can't, um, you know, be full force with because we don't have the staffing for it, but we're doing the best we can. So right now I developed a brochure um, we have an e-newsletter. We're going to be mailing the brochure out to people that are uh, qualify for that type of uh, mailing and um, develop a pipeline. And then maybe I'll bring s- someone in to help with that. And, of course, events are key. Mm-hmm. And we have a few events um, that we'll be doing. I had a request from a parish today that wants to run a gala okay. and they want our office to help. So I see an opportunity for an events person here as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing – all we can do is build up. Yeah. We've been through all the hard stuff. We had to do some downsizing from what I understand here in the diocese. 
But I think it, at this point, it's exciting times. We have a new bishop. We have a lot of new momentum. We have a new ministry, maybe more coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, you, along those lines, we just built a new high school. Oh, imagine! Isn't that's that a amazing. great story? To yeah, hear? absolutely. Saint Peter and Paul High School down in um, uh, Maryland, one of our parishes in Maryland, Saint Peter and Paul Parish School, and it was just so exciting to go to that dedication. I'll bet and see all the people um, just enthusiastic for Catholic education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are the parishes kind of coming out of this time of COVID? I mean, we're all still dealing dealing with it in different forms, and depending on what state you're in, but. And how how do you are, are they back in the pews? Are they uh, still wearing masks, or what are some of the restrictions, or what, what are you still encountering there? Um, from what I can see, the parish attendance is still on a lower level. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking to one pastor the other day, and he said, "From you know, from where we are today, everything that he's reading, they're only looking at it. They're not very hopeful for people coming back." We have to figure that out, you know, Jim. But um, it was put to me in very interesting terms. Um, one of our pastors said, you know, we were in the habit of going to Mass every Sunday. Right. And that habit was, you know, turned upside down with everything that we've been through. But another perspective was, but some really good habits have developed since then. So people might be watching Mass online. But there's more family time. Family dinner is back. So there's got to be a way that we can emerge from this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me because I thought when we were going through this crisis that we would see a definite increase in mass attendance, that people were going to turn to faith, especially when, you know, I came from the Miraculous Metal Shrine, and I was thinking this place is going to be packed once they open things up because this is how many of these ministries were founded, people turning to their faith in crisis. And we're just not seeing it right now it's slow but i think it's slow but sure mm-hmm. um you know we're still seeing the engagement in online activities as far as masks i think here in the diocese of wilmington it's up to the individual sure if you're fully vaccinated you know um the same policies that are are around for you know mainstream but you know a lot of our population are older people and so they're still afraid so yeah. there's a bit of that fear out there Absolutely. I, th- I think that's true in every parish and every diocese, people that are, are reluctant to come back. And then, you know, those who just got comfortable watching Mass on the couch, and it's hard to get from the couch to the pew because the couch is a more comfortable chair, right? <laughs> so, exactly. But it's yeah. interesting because from a philanthropy perspective, mm-hmm. I'm seeing people are donating more and they're yes. getting more active. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you'd be surprised how many people called this office when I came on board to welcome me. Um, so people are engaged. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that'll root well for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this podcast is an example of how we're starting to try to get back to you know business as usual. Most This is the first interview I've done one-on-one uh, <laughs> since uh, COVID began, except for if you take ICSC out. We did some some one-on-ones there at the conference. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, most of mine have been on Zoom, and it's actually nice to talk to somebody face-to-face and screen-to-screen, right? It's always good to see you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sheila, it's been great to have you on the show today. I wish you nothing but great success here in the Diocese of Wilmington. I have no no doubt that you're, you're going to be a, a great success and, and do great service for these parishes and the schools. Well, thank you. From your mouth to God's ears, I hope I, I, hope I can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. God bless. Thank you. 
I want to thank Sheila for being on our show this week. I know that you will be very successful in your new role. The Diocese of Wilmington is in good hands. For more information about Sheila or the Diocese of Wilmington, you can check out our show notes or visit our episode's homepage at advancingourchurch.com. Well, that's our show this week. Special thanks to Pottery Studios for another great show. And if you'd like to help our show, please leave us a rating wherever you downloaded this podcast. For more information about our show, where to find us, visit us at advancingourchurch.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for more than two decades. For more information, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, once again, I hope you all have a blessed Christmas this week and a wonderful New Year's celebration. Happy New Year, everyone. Take care and God bless.